This is the Close the Loop Podcast, a show for business decision makers, focusing on practical steps that you can take to grow your business and how to prove that your growth came from you. Your host, Kevin Dini, a true marketing and data geek, live and virtual event speaker, and meme extraordinaire, is here to get your wheels spinning and encourage you to act on these topics. It's time to put on your marketing hat as we talk with a variety of guests, subject matter experts, and colleagues who are passionate about helping business leaders like you to succeed. No need to take notes. Just visit the show page on callsource.com and read the transcripts, watch the episodes, or get any links mentioned in the show. Hello, welcome to the Close the Loop podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Dini. And today we've got a really special episode. We're going to be talking about how they ask, you answer, save river pools and spas. But more than that, I've got a special guest here today, which I'm really excited to have on. His name is Marcus Sheridan. Marcus is an international keynote speaker known for his unique ability to excite, engage, and motivate live audiences. I can say for sure that that's true because I was there in the audience recently. Marcus also works with hundreds of businesses at Impact, helping them to become the most trusted voice in their industry. And I think trust is a big part of how he does that. His book, They Ask, You Answer, and his keynote presentation at B2BMX in Scottsdale recently this year have inspired me in how powerful content really can be as a tool for sales. So something I thought our listeners would get a ton of value out of. And also, Marcus isn't, uh, when he isn't giving his you know energy-filled keynotes, he finds himself on adventures with his wife and his four kids. So he's definitely an engaging person. So welcome, Marcus. Hey, Kev. I'm thrilled to be here and uh, looking forward to our conversation. I think we'll say something today is going to help somebody. That's my that's my feeling. <laughs> yes. I, it's usually like, okay, let's let's help at least one person or give some person some insight. So the the thing I wanted to kind of start off with is if you don't mind, I mean, I'm sure you've shared it a, a thousand times, but that story of how you made your way from what was happening at River Pools and Spas to figuring out and piecing this book together, this concept together, your philosophy that's in your book of They Ask You Answer. So if you don't mind sharing or retelling some of that story, I think that's really, it's a really powerful story. Yeah, happy to do it. And uh, I think our stories matter and I never get tired of telling it because it's made me who I am. Because usually everybody says, I hate to ask you to say, and I know. And I think we need to, I think we need to own our stories in life as businesses, as individuals, et cetera. So for me, it really started in 2001. I was right out of university. And uh, my two buddies had just started this little swimming pool company. They said, hey, we're going to, we open up this retail store. Do you want to come on board with us? So I said, well, until I figure out what I want to do with my life, sure. And so I joined them. And six months later, I became a partner. And uh, so we struggled to grow the business over the following years. And then in 2008, the market crashed and I thought we were going to lose the business. And we were in really, really big trouble, big trouble. And at the time I had 60 employees. I thought I was going to have to let them all go. thought I was going to lose my home. And so that's when I really started to learn about just the internet and today's buyer. And, you know, I started reading a lot of fancy phrases online, like inbound marketing, content marketing, social media, blogging, all that stuff that we almost, you know, take for granted today. I was listening to it and I was like, you know what? 
here's what I'm hearing. If I just obsess over my customers' questions and I'm willing to address them on our website, I just might save our business. And so I can remember vividly just sitting down one night at my kitchen table, brainstorming all the questions I'd ever um, received that I could, you know, recall in that moment about fiberglass swimming pools, because that's what we sold. And uh, then one by one, each night over the next two years, every single night, I was producing an article, producing a video uh, that was answering our customers' questions, honestly, transparently, uh, very thoroughly. And we became the most traffic swimming pool website in the world. And the pool company kept growing and uh, we had more and more influence. And so then we started manufacturing pools, which is a huge deal. And we started having dealers all over the US. And then we became the first franchise of uh, swimming pool, uh, fiberglass swimming pool builders in the country. So today we have river pools of whatever, you know, city near you, or, you know, if it's a bigger city, we're having them grow all over the United States. And so that was the pool story. And in the midst of all this, I started writing about the experience that I was having, the success we were having. And, um, and I just felt like everybody should know this and very few are doing this. And it's so obvious to me. And so that led to, as I was writing about it, people started contacting me saying, can you teach me about it? And can you show us how to do it as a company? So that led to me having an agency. Today I have an agency. It's about 70-ish employees. It's called Impact. And we help companies around the world implement, of course, what we call They Ask You Answer. And that became the title of my book. That book came out about four-ish years ago, but each year it's been selling more copies, not less, which is really wild because there's like a movement behind They Ask You Answer now. And uh, it's been absolutely fascinating to watch. It's been a privilege to watch and just keep seeing the case studies roll in. Honesty, transparency, teaching, trust. That's what it's all about, Kevin. And uh, it wins the day for any business, regardless of what type of company you are. Yeah, so I, I was trying to step into the shoes of, let's say, a typical listener of ours, which, you know, let's just say, hypothetically, this is like a, a roofing company or something. And they're hearing this and they're going, hmm, so how... And this is like a question that they might have for you, Marcus. How is writing content, putting content out there, putting it on my website, creating information that you know our customers might find interesting? How is that going to lead to sales? Well, the studies have shown that today's buyer, on average, is eighty eighty percent, roughly seventy to eighty percent, through that buying journey before they reach out to a company. And we've all experienced this since the advent of the internet, which was roughly 25 years ago, 1996, 1997 is when we really started to use it. Every single day that's passed since that time, you and I have become more educated in how we find things online, how we vet companies online, how we make decisions online. And oftentimes that's why we're even more informed than the salesperson is that we're working with. Everybody's experienced that before, right? And so that's why they call it the information age, is we have access to this information. And so you just got to analyze, well, how do I feel when I go to a site and I can learn anything that I want from that company? How do I feel about them? Uh, what are the actions that I take? Well, the chances are that we trust them and we're going to reach out to them before we would anybody else. And how do I feel if I'm going to a website and I can't find any information that I'm looking for, like cost? for example, which just annoys people to the end of time, right? We, we jump, we leave because we're here to get answers and we want them quickly. That's where we are in 2022 and beyond. So companies that are willing to take the time to do that, to invest in the people and the resources to do that, 
they're crushing their space. And we've, see, we've seen this happen. We've got so many companies that embrace the ask you answer, this philosophy of obsessing over your customers' questions, worries, fears, issues, concerns, and then addressing them thoroughly on your website through text, through video, through audio, whatever that thing is. We've seen so many companies take off and become the most trafficked website in their entire industry because few companies are willing to do this. Few companies are willing to pay the price um, because this is consistent with you know what's called the law of the harvest. You can't create this amazing crop unless you're willing to till the ground and then plant the seed and then water it and protect it. And then eventually you have this glorious harvest. And that's what happens with content online. It's like every article is a seed, right? And eventually enough seeds, you have a field. And then if enough fields, you have a farm. And uh, then you can just be fed for a lifetime. And that's what happens for those that really understand the way content compounds online. It's a lot like, refer to compound interest, call it compound information. It's the amount that we're investing and when we started investing. And a lot of companies don't think this way and they would rather do something that's short term. But the problem with anything that's paid, like paid advertising, is as soon as your money stops, so does the lead inflow. And I don't know about you, Kev, but I'm looking for leads for a lifetime, man. And I want it to be evergreen. I want it just to keep coming back to me over and over again without having to spend more and more money to do it. I always look at it like, okay, you're spending money on ads. I think that's a great place to start. But eventually you'd like to create, you know, either a network or referral network or an organic traffic, something, an inflow of multiple channels that lives and breathes almost by itself. Ads are still an amazing avenue to control the message and diversify and test and stuff like that. But it's a, it's a, it's just a piece of a greater puzzle. Well, that's the thing. It's a, to your point, it's a bridge, but it's not a long-term solution because needing leads and earning trust, that's a long-term problem and opportunity for any business, right? And so I, I like to think in terms of, okay, what's, Sure, anybody can run a successful campaign. Anybody can get leads today. But I just don't want to be in an auction for attention the rest of my life as a business owner. I want to attract them to me. I want to be the person at the dance that has everybody around them and they get to choose who they want to dance with versus tapping everybody on the shoulder and saying, will you dance with me? You know, there's there's a big difference between the two and how happy they are at the end of the night, right? And so that's, I think, we're really the state of mind where we need to be as businesses. I mean, that, that leads me right to the next question I'd have. And it's something you tackled in the book with, uh, I think it was called insourcing. So a business just says, okay, I content, great. I want to I start this path. I want to have content out there that is engaging, that does drive people to my business, not have to rely on ads all the time. But man, making that content seems like such a, difficult task. So I think like the first leap might be, well, let's go pay someone else to go make it for me. But there's a really interesting point you made in your book, which was let's have the company make it themselves. Let's get the company more, I guess, thinking tactically like, okay, well, how can I have my employees, everyone in my company, how can I find a way to generate and extract valuable content out of my own company? Because they have a lot of knowledge and, you know, internal, um, thinking and strategy and stuff that's come from their job, from working in this company that could provide a unique perspective on it. 100%. You know, I actually posted on LinkedIn yesterday, which by the way, if you're listening to this, you should be following me on LinkedIn because I'm a dang good follow. I actually posted about a roofing company and uh, you mentioned roofing companies earlier. 
this particular roofing company started the Ask You Answer three years ago. They had never really answered any questions on their website. And they were trying to answer some questions, but they didn't have anybody in-house to do it. And so then uh, they, they got somebody and they started posting two articles a week and they really started to grow. And they were getting, when they started this process, about 200 visitors a month to their website. So a classic, you know, small business, not getting much traction online. And then they moved to three pieces of content a week following the They Ask You Answer framework and methodology. And today, three years later, they're getting over 100,000 visitors a month to their website. The business has just totally taken off and exploded. Now, the whole key to this, other than embracing the Ask You Answer, was getting a, an in-house content manager. And this company, by the way, is called Bill Reagan Roofing. So you can look at their, their website if you're listening to this and verify what I'm talking about. And you'll see it very quickly. Like, oh, I see why they're taking off. They're killing it. And so there is power when the artist can hold the paintbrush versus telling somebody else what to paint. And imagine that's what you're doing as a business when you outsource your content. You're telling somebody else what to paint. And you're thinking that you're going to create a masterpiece. You are not. Here's what's interesting, Kev. Think about how many businesses, I'm talking traditional businesses. I'm not talking about like uh, whatever company, but I'm talking about how many traditional businesses have become the definitive thought leader of their space by outsourcing all their content. I don't know one. I, I don't know one. Somebody might say WebMD. Well, that's a non-traditional. That's like that. That that's not what I'm talking about. But WebMD did follow the ask you answer because they address all the questions in their space well. So they follow the ask you answer. In their case, they they essentially crowdsource it with medical professionals. So it's a little bit different business model. But I'm talking about how many pool companies, all right? How many attorneys or how many whatever you want to call it, B2B organizations too across the board? Just name the B, B, B2B organization have become the definitive leaders of their space outsourcing. You know, you look at a company like one of the toughest industries to stand stand out in is, is uh, digital marketing, right? Because everybody's got a blog or whatever. Who's the foremost leader? HubSpot. Foremost leader of inbound content marketing information. HubSpot. Why? They committed to do it in-house. They didn't outsource any of that content, right? And so it continues to this day. So you can't show me a company that does it. This is why I don't believe in outsourcing content as a whole. Now, there might be times and there might be some exceptions. There could be moments when you bridge it so that you can get to the point to do it yourself. But, you know, somebody might be listening to this right now and saying, well, I don't have the resources, Marcus, and I'm small. Well, I don't feel sorry for you because I didn't have the money in 2009. And I stayed up till midnight every night writing articles because I couldn't afford to hire somebody myself. And in the process of that, process of that, I became a pretty dang good writer too. So the point, the point is that if we see the vision, ain't nobody going to produce our content and tell our story better than us, period. Right. And you mentioned something else really fascinating, which was like, well, man, what's the, what's the quality of this content need to be? Am I a satisfactory writer? Am I going to be able to put this together? Are the people that work here, you know, going to be able to write and create the stuff that we need? And then I looked at it like, well, you know, if that's holding me back from making anything, let's just start making something. Let's just start creating things and then it start rolling. Because I think a lot of times that is a holdup. Like, oh, it's not going to be amazing. It's not going to be like a Sony commercial on TV. <laughs> you know? But yeah. Yeah. That's how, that's how life works. You know, people forget that before they started walking and running, they were literally unable to move. And then they were wiggling. Then eventually they started to 
slowly crawl. And then eventually they were standing up and falling down. And then eventually they were walking and eventually they were running. But that's how it works. And for some reason, we've lost this entire mindset with how we go about digital. You know what? Those perfectionist brands, Kev, they stink online. I'm serious about this. The ones that come out the gate and say, we've got to be great and don't give themselves any margin for error, they do not create exceptional experiences for their users online because they don't launch jack squat. Whereas, in a, if, one other point to this, you know who owns the internet? The internet is owned by C-plus students. Who works for them? A students. I'm serious. It's a heart attack. Why? A student says, it's got to be perfect. I got to study all night just to get an A. C student says, I think I'm good. I'm going to pass. Let's see how this goes. And that's literally who's running the internet right now. If you look at it across the board. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's really encouraging because if you're like, well, okay, I'm, I, I believe in this content idea. And I think a reason why you might say that is, I like the idea that my content's going to convey trust. I like the idea that content's going to answer these questions. It's going to bring in people through organic channels or just people who have these questions that have arrived at my website, want to learn more, and I'm going to be able to deliver the answers. And now, okay, I, I think now I can come up with a way of generating content. I'll establish the quality as we go. I'll figure that out. And then the next part of that journey, at least in my eyes, is like, okay, how are we going to track this? How are we going to measure this? And you have some really interesting examples in your book where, you're, where you've looked at your website, you looked at your analytics, you looked at how it was going and you made decisions based on, wow, this is working really well. Let's do more of this or more of that. So that was the tracking, measuring. Tracking is a big deal. I don't, companies don't do it enough. And if you're using the right tools like a HubSpot or something like that, you and, and people are filling out forms on your site, when they fill out a form, you should be able to track what pages they've looked at, and what was the first page of the site that they looked at. And when you can see first page of site, that tells you, okay, this essentially is what brought them to the site. Especially if it's like an article that you wrote or if it's coming off of a YouTube link that you did. I mean, you should be able to see ultimately what was the initial source. And that gives you the opportunity for this magical thing called revenue attribution, which a lot of companies don't necessarily do very well. But when you have revenue attribution, you can say, hey, that little article right there that took me 45 minutes to write on my kitchen table has generated over $50 million in sales, right? It gives you the ability to say that. And uh, that's also, if somebody's going to grow and scale their marketing department, that's what you got to do. You got to show that we're producing incredible revenue. We're producing incredible amount of MQLs, SQLs, all the leads that we need to be producing. We're doing it through our activities. Therefore, more resources are merited so as to continue this momentum that we have instead of the CFO saying, I don't know if this is making any money. The CFO is saying, you know what? I'm not one to spend money, but this is, this is undeniable. That's what we want. Right. And I think that's really powerful, not just in, you know, getting feedback to improve your content and figure out, okay, what's working, what's resonating. Maybe I should write something, you know, maybe more specific or different off this article, but also, Hey, keep the engine going. You know, if this is proving that this is generating sales because of how powerful it can be, content can be so powerful. You, this quote you have in your book, I'm just going to pull it up because I was like, I got to mention this. This is a quote from your book. Content, assuming it is honest and transparent, is the greatest sales tool in the world today. When I read that, I was like, 
wow, yeah, it really could be. So what is it that people aren't getting that's, you know, why is it businesses may think, well, I tried it before and it failed or it didn't work? Like, how, how are they missing it so bad? <laughs> well, in most cases, if you, stu- if you if somebody reads the Ask You Answer, because on the surface, they're like, yeah, I'm answering customers' questions. Yeah, right. People, there's five in the book. We talk about five fundamental subjects that every buyer wants to know about. B2B, B2C. They want to research. They're obsessed with. Here they are. Cost questions, problems or negative questions. In other words, what could go wrong with? Number three, comparison questions versus. Number four, reviews. Number five, best. So cost, problems, comparisons, reviews, best. Derivatives of those, those run the internet. That's like literally the economy is run by people searching those things. And what's fascinating is most businesses don't want to talk about them. Every single company listening to this right now should be talking about cost and price of their products and services on their website. Now, I'm not saying, by the way, that you have to put exact numbers, but if you're not teaching companies, excuse me, or readers or potential customers, what drives cost up, what drives cost down, why some companies are expensive, why some companies are cheap, and roughly where do you fall, then you're failing to earn trust. And that's unacceptable in my book. If you're not talking about those negatives, those issues, worries, concerns that they have, right, then... You can't bury the elephants. The elephants are always there in the room. You can't sweep an elephant under a rug. It's an elephant, right? So talk about it. People are constantly asking you comparison-based questions. How do you compare to this? You know, you versus that competitor, your product versus their product, your methodology versus that methodology, this option versus that option. We're constantly comparing those things. How come you're not doing it on your website? It's ridiculous. They're asking your sales team, so why not? People want reviews, but they want unbiased reviews. They want to hear about pros and cons, good, bad, and ugly. Are you producing pros, cons, good, bad, and ugly reviews of your products and services? Why not? You should be. That's what the marketplace wants. People constantly search for the best or the most or the top, right? Because we want to see what the best is. Doesn't mean we're going to buy the best. It just means we want to see it so that we can compare off of that and say, okay, I'm getting a good value. Are you talking about that? Or are you just, again, the ostrich with your head in the sand, thinking the problem, the question, the need's going to go away? It doesn't go away. The only thing that goes away is the lead, right? Is the trust. Bye-bye. But their desire to know the thing never goes away, which is why it is my sentiment that I'm going to talk about it. I want to own every conversation. In any industry I'm a part of, I'm going to own the conversation. I'm going to talk about cost and price more than everybody. I'm going to talk about the competition more than everybody. I'm not going to say anything negative. I'm not going to say anything ugly, but I'm going to be a foremost thought leader. And it's like, you know how many companies are literally like that, that our parents back in the day, when we went to them a question and they said, go look it up. Like, that's ridiculous. Just give them the answer. Don't be your parents from the 1980s saying, go look it up. Right. And there's a difference in, and there's something else you mentioned, you know, being teachable, right? So there's a difference in, okay, here's the information. And there's, I think a big difference or a leap even from there to go, okay, here's the answer. And here's why, let me help you understand it better. Let me explain it better. So you have the information in a transparent, like you mentioned in that quote, transparent and sort of honest way. So being teachable is something that in content is a little different of a perspective in how you create it than let's just say, I'm just going to put the answer on like a one sentence, a single paragraph. So how is it different in your eyes to make content, you know, teachable or a teaching experience? Well, I think the fundamental key to great content 
is that you don't attempt to sound smart. Now, that sounds counterintuitive to a lot of people, but you got to remember, it's dumb not to dumb it down. We're searching for communion. Communication, communion, same root. All we're looking for is the audience to have a light bulb moment where they say, that makes so much sense. Now I understand. That's obvious, right? So as I'm speaking to you right now, Kev, I'm not trying to impress anybody. This is me. If you saw me in real life, you'd say, dude, you're the same person. That's exactly right. This is how I talk. You've read my book, Kevin Jack. You talk like you write. Yes, that's exactly right. That's how it works. I'm not trying to impress. This is what you got. And you can sense the realness. Now, you might not agree with me, but you can sense the realness of how I communicate. That in and of itself engenders a sense of trust. And so if you, if you apply that to the way we do educational articles and the way we do educational videos, and you release the need to be the smartest person in the room and just say, here, look, let's look at this together. And one of the keys, Kev, is you got to be disconnected with outcome. When I say disconnected with outcome, it's like, I don't really care if you buy from me or not. Sure, would I love you to? Yeah, but I ultimately care more about you making the best decision for you. So let's look at the pros and the cons. Let's look at both sides of the story. And then, boom. You can do it. Yeah, that is such a great, a great answer for that because writing in that fashion. I mean, I, I put a poll out for this podcast and said, okay, what's the thing you'd like this podcast to be the least? What's the thing you wouldn't want to listen to this podcast for? And I listed a bunch of different options. I think it was like twelve options, and every single person said, I don't want this to be salesy. <laughs> That's the one thing everyone said. Amen. Because we've all got this BS meter, right? We can pick up on that junk, right? We can pick up on that junk. So you're making a you're making a great point, Kevin. That's why you know that's why your podcast is growing because people can feel that sincerity and they see the value, and you know karma comes back and the, the value comes back to you as well. Yeah, thanks. Uh, the last thing I you know want to just touch on before we close out is now you talked about a lot of stuff here. And if there's anything else that we didn't really mention that you think would be helpful for a small local business or something who's listening to this, is there anything you'd want to leave them with before we finish out? Listen, if you're listening to this right now, do not try to be all things to all people. One of the best books I've ever read that changed my life, it saved my, my swimming pool company, and everybody should read it. Read it before you read The Ask You Answer. It's Good to Great by Jim Collins. Now, one of the things that Jim Collins talks about in that book is what's called the hedgehog concept, which really just was a huge paradigm shift for me. Hedgehog concept basically is the hedgehog doesn't do really much well in life. But the one thing it does very well is it protects itself when things go wrong. And so the way it protects itself, it rolls up into a spiky ball and then, oh, lo and behold, it lives to see another day. And so you have to ask yourself, well, what's the one thing we can be the best in the world at as a business? Now, for me, I used to have uh, retail stores. I used to sell all types of products and services. So instead of being the, you know, trying to be in mediocre, essentially, at all these things, tanning beds, pool tables, hot tubs, above ground pools, which is what I was, mediocre at best and all these things. I said, what can I be the best in the world at? What's my hedgehog? Okay, fiberglass swimming pools. Now, then later on, I said, okay, with fiberglass swimming pools, what can be the best in the world at? I can be the best in the world at educating them through content on my website. So I didn't, I said, I'm not going to even worry about social media. I didn't spend no time on social media. So I started to become the Wikipedia pools on my website. 
first with text. Then I introduced video and we blew up with video. It wasn't for like six or seven years after I did the Ask You Answer that I even looked at social media. I didn't care because I said, I'm going to be the best at this thing. Now, this is why for me on social media, I crush on LinkedIn. Why? Because I ain't spending my time scrolling on Instagram all day long. That's why. And that's key to all of us. So don't try to be a jack of all trades because you'll end up being a master of none. Choose your lane and do well in that lane and it'll serve you very, very well as a business. I think that's really powerful advice. Now, Marcus, if there's listeners who want to get in touch with you, find out, follow you, find out more about your company, anything like that, how can they find you, connect with you? Marcus at MarcusSheridan.com is my personal email address. Isn't that nice? You can email me directly if you're listening to this right now. So, yo, Marcus, I have a question for you, and I'll actually answer you. Marcus at MarcusSheridan.com, but connect with me on LinkedIn. Follow me on LinkedIn because that's where you're going to get my best stuff. Uh, Kev, it was great chatting with you today. Hopefully, people read the book. Hopefully, they'll listen, continue to listen to your podcast because you're doing a great job. And you know, for me, this was a lot of fun. Yeah, here's the book if you're watching the video on this. Thank you so much, Marcus. I really appreciated your time coming on here, being able to talk to our audience and answering questions and just the cordial fun time we've had together today. So thank you again. You're welcome.